Hi everyone, and welcome to the 199th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hi guys. Churro! What's up? I've seen the light. Uh, does it burn? Uh, no, well, yeah, a little bit. I should okay. see a doctor, but... Oh, uh, wear, f- wear sunglasses. Or wear sunglasses. I figured out how to play near Automata, so now I actually like it. What? I know. It's... The best way I could describe that game is it's like uh, jumping on one leg, patting your... Uh, uh, rubbing your stomach and patting your head. That's that's that game. <laughs> but once you figure it out, it's fun. That's how it was with me with uh, Persona 5 when I first played it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I actually, I was the same with uh, when I first started playing uh, Persona 4. Uh, I uh, I actually like played. Want to say I played through first couple of weeks in Persona 4 on the regular PS2 version of Persona 4, and then I just couldn't get into it, and I dropped it. And then later, when I got a PSP or a PS Vita, I got Golden. And then what I ended up doing was I played along with a walkthrough or, or with a, not not with a guide, like an actual like YouTube Let's Player. And this guy was like, yep, I really love this game. I'm going to teach you how to play this game while we're playing it. And I'll show you how to play Persona properly. And I just sort of like followed along with him with until the end of like the first dungeon. And then at that point, I was hooked and then ended up playing the whole game. Sometimes you just need that. Like some games, they're just like so different than what you normally play. And like just unfortunately, the tutorial that is included in the game isn't like sufficient to get you through it. I feel like Persona 5 is a little bit better at that, but it's not perfect. Like there's just so much in a persona game that like if if it's your first time like it's very hard to like really get into that so uh i did that a little bit with with near and uh yeah i'll, I'll basically my main tip if you ever wanted to try play near automata just always dodge don't play it like kingdom hearts play it like it's so you know think of it less like a, a kingdom hearts hack and slash Think of it more like a 3D Mega Man game where you're shooting more. And if you treat it more like that, then I think it'll make more sense. Like, there are ways to play it close range and more action hack and slashy. But that combat is less Kingdom Hearts and more like Devil May Cry. And more like like Devil May Cry on like really hard modes. Like, it's more that kind of combat and less the Kingdom Hearts style. So, if you're used to Kingdom Hearts and you're not sure how to get into Nier and you want to, uh, I would say it's better at first. You can play, you don't have to play on easy mode, but easy mode is there. I'm playing on normal and I'm surviving, and it's really fun. I might give it another shot on stream once I'm done with my other games. I'm playing through Tales of Azuria right now. Oh, yeah. How are you liking that? It's actually pretty neat. I like the characters. So it's That's, like, is that know. the the one that came out this gen? Uh, no, I don't think so. It's an older one. It's an older one. Okay, okay. I gotcha. think I, I think 
I got it for six dollars on the PSN. <laughs> okay, if it's if it's six bucks, it's probably uh, older. yeah. Cause I think I think it's a greatest hits. So basically, gotcha. It, it's probably an older one. And uh, I know there the. the I don't know what it's called, but I know the next Tales game. They're like, I think they moved to Unreal Engine Four, and it just looks gorgeous. So, Tales of Arise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks really cool. I'm I can't pretty, wait for that one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that isn't out yet. So. No, it's not. It's it got. Uh, I don't think they even announced it coming out yet. I think it got. I think they announced it got delayed too. So. Oh okay. Yeah, it seems like it, almost like how with Kingdom Hearts Three, how this is like their first game like really stepping up the quality level in a while. So I, I can totally understand, uh, you know, if the studio is not used to that, trying to move to that level is not easy. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes Store, Spotify, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. We have a two-segment show today. Two segments. It's a news segment and a question segment. A news segment? Yes. We have one piece of news. Kinda. You'll see when we get there. And, I don't know, technically, I don't know, if if we want to be really particular, maybe it's a three-segment show today. Uh, I want to have a spoiler discussion about Dark Road. There barely is anything to talk about Dark Road. So that's why I'm okay with spoilers talking about it in spoiler mode because i'm assuming if you haven't seen the full story of dark road yet you could just go on youtube and watch it in a very short amount of time and then come back to this episode and be all caught up like this is not like we're asking that you have already experienced you know 30 hours of a game we're asking that you spend like you know maybe 20 minutes 20 minutes you've probably already experienced and well, experienced I mean, the story. It doesn't matter if you played 20 minutes or 320,000 hours. It's still the same game. Yeah, it's the same. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about that. And then we have a question segment. In the way of announcements, as always, you guys can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. And our Patreon executive producers are as follows. We have Nahika Blaui. Alex and Rachel Troutman, who are at Akira Namjian. Guide Seeker, Billy Jackson, who's at underscore Billy Jackson. Chris Morales, Miles Ribbons, Michael Graham, David Calro, Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero. Chris Pope, who's at Dr. Pope 181. Thorin Bullen, who's at Massacre 23. Yannick Nod, who's at Yannick Nod. Tori Patrick, Freya Stella. Oh, and Jero, if you take these last ones, I forgot to send cool, it to you. Cool, thanks. Uh- <laughs> You got Fayez Bayali, Flip Sernus, Lewis James, Tom Hughes at, um, who's that? Uh, uh, Tom Hughes. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> I'm just laughing because you kept going. I know. We got Tom Hughes, who's at Tom underscore Hughes 22, Zach Duranto, Yam Potato exclamation point, Rachel Casterson, who's at Uber Noon Ray, Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Darren Matthews at Doomster73 and Joseph Robertson who's at Pokemon Trader J. <laughs> Sorry. I wasn't trying to steal I wasn't trying to take your gerb, but No, yeah. but but it's funny because I was just like, okay, where when's the queue? 
after all these after all these years of reading these names it's like my brain goes on too much of autopilot that it i can't stop even myself hey it's hey you've been doing this for too long almost 10 years worth yeah i I feel like old snake from uh mgs4 war never changes that's basically me right now all right and be a part of the show Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. And as a reminder, Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind spoilers are fair game. And big announcement. We're at episode 199. Next episode's episode 200. Uh Uh-oh. And we're having a live stream. Uh Uh-oh. Twitch TV slash khunion. Uh-oh. Be there or be Square Enix. Uh Uh-oh. July 24th. 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Oh, no. We made the announcement. Finally. We've decided. Like two weeks before. (laughs) Right? Well, uh, basically, Microsoft forced our hand because we were kind of thinking between the 23rd and the 24th, but Microsoft is going to have their big announcements on the 23rd. You you, you can thank Microsoft for that because remember, uh, what was it, two years ago? Yeah. uh, E3, we were like, oh, Kingdom Hearts is never going to appear on a Microsoft event. Yep. And then Microsoft happens, and then, oh, Bam. crap. We got it. We got to scramble. Like, I was literally, uh, during that year, I was literally, like, on my way to, like, oh, go to my Airbnb and check in. And, yep. like, and then, like, I just opened up Twitter, and people were freaking out. I'm like, what's going on? And yep. then, like, my friends were like, dude, Microsoft uh, dropped a new Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I was invited to this press conference, and I didn't go. Yep. Because usually it doesn't mean anything, but... We can't take this sort of stuff for granted. Considering Melody of Memory is going to be on the Xbox. Exactly. It's going to be on the Xbox confirmed. I'm still surprised and I'm like secretly hoping, you know, holding out hope that maybe Melody of Memory will make it to next gen uh, this year. But hard to say. I mean, it's so little that we know, but uh, hopefully uh, we get those announcements. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, uh, just so everybody knows, episode 200 live stream, Twitch TV slash KH Union, July 24th, 8 p.m. Eastern time. We'll be tweeting about it. We'll tweet out the links. Um, yeah, we're, we're still working out exactly what's going to go down on it, but we would definitely appreciate it if you could be there, celebrate with us. Uh, you know, one thing that we're definitely, uh, thinking about is, you know, incorporating listener questions, you know, from the chat. So, uh, you know, if you want to, you know, contribute live while we're recording, we can definitely talk to you guys. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we can just have a really nice chat. Look back on our so far 200 episodes. And, uh, long time, man. I joined when it was episode 20. Yeah, I joined 28. So, yeah, it's long time. (laughs) <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been most. It, it's we can definitely safely say w- it, this show has mostly been us. <laughs> so yes, the bromance continues. The bromance continues. All right. So speaking of bromance, moving on to the news. Yay! So our only piece of news. It's less new. It's not a rumor. It's definitely not a rumor. This is real. But it's more just a little morsel that makes you think. Churro, Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory has already been rated 
by the ESRB. Already? Already. E10+. plus. I mean, that's not surprising, but... That, be... that, yeah, none, none of this... None of these things... Uh, nothing about the ESRB rating is surprising. It's more that... Wow. For a game that just got announced a couple of weeks ago, the fact that it already has its ESR, ESRB rating, that's kind of interesting. Because, like... Most, uh, I don't, I can't think of a single Kingdom Hearts game, Churro, that has released and then soon after already has its ESRB rating. Like most of them take years because usually Kingdom Hearts get announced, Kingdom Hearts games get announced way too early. Not only, yeah, that too, but I think, do you think it's time Nomura's actually like learn? Like, I mean, I'm sure it's not Nomura's fault, but it's like, yeah, you like the, the board. The board of directors. Yeah, I, 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 well, I, I will, I will, uh, you know, I will say this much in terms of the, uh, y- you know, King, uh, in terms of Kingdom Hearts three, because that that was the last game that we've had that be an issue of a game being announced way too early, and at least my understanding for Kingdom Hearts three is, you know, l- let's consider what Square Enix was like at that time. That's you know June twenty thirteen. They just changed CEOs. It's the beginning of a new generation. Considering you, the fact that that they were going, they were going downhill. You know, you they had, were going downhill. They needed, had, they needed they need, to generate some goodwill. Yeah, because you know, you had the thirteen series, which was you know kind of like an okay entry to the series. With yep. you got two sequels to it, which weren't really positive. You had yeah. Final Fantasy fourteen one point that yep. was, you know, bombed, and then you had, you know, nothing was really was coming out on the Square Enix, on the Squaresoft side, you know. Then you had, um, you know, four, Final Fantasy fifteen or Versus thirteen at the time, and Kingdom Hearts three being nowhere in sight. You know, people yep. were in the seven remake thing. So this was that. like this was their chance back in twenty thirteen to sort of like turn the ship around, and I I I gotta say honestly that. E3 was a turn up was a turning point for Square Enix in, in the public eye because you know you can say what you will about Final Fantasy 15 you can say what you will about Kingdom Hearts 3 but you can't deny that that was a big turning point for how most people were seeing Square Enix you know a lot of stuff improved for Square Enix f- starting at that E3 now one of the downsides is that yeah unfortunately since they announced that so early in production unfortunately that led to the fact that yeah it took a long time to actually get those games out so hopefully now Chero, hopefully they're less reliant on those kinds of projects to keep them going and i'm hoping that they can be more agile and more and and take advantage more of games that are already you know farther into production hopefully but speaking on the the esrb rating coming so soon for kingdom hearts melody of memory uh there's an interesting uh summary here um if you're worried about spoilers, I guess you can uh, skip past this. But I'm just going to read the uh, the summary because I thought it was pretty interesting. 
So this is a rhythm-based game in which players help characters battle through worlds from the Kingdom Hearts series. On a scrolling track, players time button presses with musical cues in order to attack, dodge, and use magic against fantasy enemies. Animated sequences sometimes depict characters using keyblades to attack enemies (laughs) in one-on-one combat. Churro, I'm sorry for spoiling you. God, man, I I don't know if I can buy this game now. I ruined it. You know, I was going to live stream this, but not anymore, dude. Yeah, I I was. Yeah, you're going to live stream it until you found out that there was going to be animated sequences that sometimes depict characters using keyblades to attack enemies in one on one combat. I like how they say sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes. Like man, th- what a what a turning point for the Kingdom Hearts series. I don't ha- know how they'll ever recover. Yeah, no, right. Moving on <laughs> from there, uh, a hand. Oh, here, here's the big stuff. A handful. We were talking before. We were talking about sometimes. Now we got a handful. A handful of sequences involve characters being impaled, depicted off screen or obscured. By bright flashes of light. One song title contains the word damned. Damn. What? what? Did you did you just say a cuss? Did I just that, hear you say a cuss? It, you go wash your mouth out with soap. We don't say those words in my house. Damn it. Where's the cuss weird? So yeah, so that's yeah, the that's the descriptor. Uh, if you're wondering about the song that contains the title "Damn Churro," what what is that title? It's called "Waltz of the Damned." And it's yeah, it's from Kingdom Hearts Two. It's the field theme for uh, Beast Castle. It's the one that goes do 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 do. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty sure when they titled that track, it was just. You know, maybe it was like Yoko Shimomura looking up uh, dictionary words. And, and you gotta remember that so she chose all the tracks in English. Because yeah. they, they, Nomura and Shimomura had an argument about it. Yeah, so it's uh, it, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty interesting that, that that has survived all these years. Uh, but so yeah, I mean like Churro, are you surprised by any of this information is or is this like exactly what you expected this game to be exactly the game i expected to be i mean yeah. come on we had kingdom march 2 where they had alcohol they had yep uh, uh will turner point a gun to his head but then it was edited to he was just pointing at, at back at barbosa yeah and then he had you know zigbar's uh crosshairs changed to more like an yep. alien type crosshair so yeah, yeah, it doesn't really. This is uh, me yeah, this is all exactly uh, to be expected. Um, so yeah, E for E E E ten plus. Uh, yeah, everyone ten plus, and uh, the descriptors on the box are going to be fantasy violence and mild language. And I'm assuming the mild language is for uh, the song titled. Waltz of the Damned. So, God, don't you remember the days of Chain of Memories for the Game Boy Advance where Axel says, "Just give me one hell of a show." <laughs> yeah, 
they got that that one in there that wasn't i know in one of the games that uh whatchamacallit that uh maleficent says hell once oh uh it was it in birth by sleep yeah, she says in Birth by Sleep, and then in Kingdom Hearts 3D, Judge Frelos is hell, too, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, it's kind of like, uh, it, it, this almost reminds me of, uh, like, in a PG-13 movie using the F-word. You, like, you get one F-word. You get and one F-bomb it. per PG movie. I feel like, uh, for Kingdom Hearts, it's a H-E double hockey sticks is is the one for, uh, for, for Kingdom Hearts. They get one per game. Or a damn. Right. So edgy. <laughs> so so rated teen. So yeah, so rated teen. Oh man. So yeah, so that's uh th- that's the descriptors. Now I'm I, I, I read the descriptors, but honestly I'm not really that worried or concerned or interested or whatever about these particular uh you know descriptors. They're all exactly what you expect. I'm mostly interested in the idea that the game is already re- reviewed by the ESRB, which to me m- makes me think that this game is a lot further in production than, uh, you know, we, than other games have been when they were announced. I mean, we know that it's coming out this year, like that much has been certain, but uh, I'm actually kind of feeling like I, I think it's going to actually come out pretty soon. Like, Maybe in the next couple of months, like Churro, I'm kind of thinking like I think before I mentioned like maybe December, but I'm actually more feeling like it could be like August or like September. What I'm about you? Guess September. I'm yeah. gonna guess September now because um, it it's seems about right time because yeah. especially when you got uh, Cyberpunk moving from September to November. Yeah. So trying to put um, Kingdom Hearts in that November, December area now would mm-hmm. be kind of a, like a not a good idea. Because remember, they yeah. did that with Kingdom Hearts 1.5 against Grand Theft Auto 5. Yeah. And the sales weren't that great because, uh, you know, the biggest one of the biggest games of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's coming out. Well, I, I will point out one slight thing real quick that, uh, you know, just to throw a, a slight monkey wrench in. Um, Cyberpunk 2077, a game that is going to release November 19th this year, uh, has an ESRB rating already. And, yes. uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to read this one cause <laughs> this is a very long summary. They have a lot to talk about, but that, you know. and you kind of want to keep this podcast going too. Yeah. want to keep this podcast going, but I just want to real quick, uh, you know, just for comparison to kingdom hearts, give you the, uh, w- what's on the back of the box for the little, uh, ESRB descriptor. So it's uh, rated M for blood and gore, intense violence, nudity, strong language, strong sexual content, use of drugs and alcohol. So <laughs> it just goes to show how different those games are. But, uh, yeah. Um, so I- I'm definitely feeling, this is coming out sooner than a lot of people might think. So yeah, I'm with you, Churro. If not September, uh, like it could be even earlier. I guess it could be later, but yeah, it's coming soon. Churro, get ready to play a new kingdom hearts game on console. (laughs) Yes. I already have, I already got my money ready for it. I just need to tell me where to pre-order. Exactly. Now, 
And yeah. let me ask you this. Let me ask you yeah. this question real quick. Speaking of pre-orders. Yes. Do you think Square Enix is going to make a limited edition console for either the PS4, the Xbox One, or the Nintendo Switch for this? For this game? I don't think so. Not for this game. I. Because uh, remember, yeah. remember, they created a Game Boy Advance SP for Chain of Memories. They created a 3DS for Dream Drop Distance, mm. and they created a PSP for Birth by Sleep, and they created a, three, a DS for DS Lite, actually, or DSi yeah. for 358 over days. So here's what I think might happen. I could actually see them making, and I'm going to be very specific, I could see them making a Nintendo Switch Lite for this, and I'll tell you, you so? why. I'll tell you why. They so so far they've already made, you know, they already made a a limited edition PS4. Did they make an Xbox? By the way, I, I don't think they did. Uh they did not. The only thing that was close was that uh, that uh, controller they made, but it wasn't right. made by Square Enix though. Oh, okay, okay. It's made by I think it was made by PDP. Okay. So base, but then like I, they did make a PS4 for Kingdom Hearts. Uh huh. Two point eight, I think they had that those uh, flip top covers. You can oh, take off. oh, okay, okay. Yeah, then and then of course for Kingdom Hearts three, they had the you know PS4 Pros. Yeah, at so. least. So so here's what I think. Regardless of anything, if they do make a console for whatever platform, I think it's definitely going to be more along the lines of less a celebration of this game and more just another. V- kingdom hearts themed console so it'll just be it'll be a you know if it is a if there is a console made for it like let's say a nintendo switch it'll have some kind of generic uh you know kingdom hearts style imagery on it i don't think it's gonna be like you know slap on the back of the thing you know big logo kingdom hearts melody of memory do you think it'll be any do you think it'll be anything like for example let's say you know, the Switch Lite, they did that uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Yeah. Do you think it'll be something like that? Or do you think it'll be something like for the, the bigger Switch, like uh, the Animal Crossing one? I think it's going to be for the Switch Lite. And the reason I think it is, is I think this is a Kingdom Hearts game that, you know, I think they're specifically targeting at a more casual audience. And I think their assumption, uh, more casual and possibly younger, uh, and I think their assumption is that most of those people want a switch light. And if, although, you know, I say that, but, uh, animal crossing their their Nintendo switch was not a switch light. That was actually a full Nintendo switch. Yeah. The only, I, I don't like the, uh, Pokemon one was a switch light, I believe. Yeah. Pokemon one was a switch light. My guess would be a Switch Lite, personally. I, I guess I wouldn't I think, be surprised either way, but my guess is Switch I, I would say so, too, because I think Nintendo is trying to sell more. Because, like, if, if I always see the, the the bigger Switch get sold out online more than I see the Switch Lite. Yeah, and yeah. So, basically, I think Nintendo would probably try to use that as a way to try to sell Switch Lights. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I still, though, honestly, I, I'm leaning against it, and... Um, Here's the thing is uh, my personal feeling is, and and I actually want to ask you this. Do you think this is going to be 
a full $60 game, because at least for me, it doesn't seem like it, or at least I haven't seen anything that would warrant it. What do you, what are you thinking? Hmm. Cause I, at least for me, I can't see anything more than $40. Uh, yeah. $40 is gotta be it. I mean, cause even though it's think, new Kingdom think Hearts about, game. think about uh Kingdom Hearts reminds that came out, you know, as DLC for like 30 bucks, right? So, uh, yeah. So that came out as DLC for 30 bucks and at least so far I feel like there is more Kingdom Hearts gameplay as in like the kind of gameplay people want out of Kingdom Hearts. There's more of that gameplay that's in Remind than we have seen out of Melody of Memory. So that's what's leading me that's what's leading me to kind of lean more towards it being a budget title, you know, 40 uh, maybe 30 dollars. But but then again, this is Granix, so I can True. easily see it for 49.99 or they could go know, the more. Full, the normal price for 59.99. I think if they do go for that, they're going to have to work hard on, you know, trying to give a reason why, like prove besides, that it's, it, it deserves being this. It being like, because it's basically the chain of memories of the current, yeah, you know, current, you know, situation with Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. You know, and and that's so that was sold as a regular Game Boy Advance game too back in the day. Yeah. So it was. It, to me, it's like, I mean, there's got to be an incentive if they're going to try to sell for forty nine to fifty nine dollars. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. It it, it just. You know, they know the fans will buy yeah. it for sure. At least for me, though, like as far as what we've seen just so far, apart from the gameplay, let's just talk about story only from what we know about just the story. If this was released as Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC, like additional DLC, or if this was literally just another episode, a part of Remind. I, I would not have been surprised whatsoever. If Melody of Memory was another piece of DLC for Kingdom Hearts 3, or if it was like actually a part of Remind that got cut, I honestly wouldn't be surprised. It looks so much like what Remind was. You know, it, it looks and it literally is just a continuation. It's Kyrie's part of the story after what happens, you know, at the end of, of you know, Kingdom Hearts 3. And we literally see part of that you know, take place in the limit cut with, you know, Kyrie sleeping or, or you know, Kyrie laying on the table, all that stuff. Like we see that like literally part of what this is based on is shown there. Like this could have just as easily like been, you know, let's say hypothetically, this is, you know, talking maybe a little crazy. Let's say this game story uh, was taken away out of this game and put into Remind. And let's say we take that story and we overlay it on top of the Limit Cut. Because Limit Cut didn't really have much of a story. And It's more, it's more like a teaser. Yeah. A very difficult teaser. <laughs> very difficult teaser, exactly. Let's say there was an easier version of Limit Cut that you're actually expected to beat. And 
Limit Cut doesn't have a story, and then this game, you know, let's say you have story but no gameplay, or not Kingdom Hearts gameplay. Well, there you go. There's your two pieces. You you take the 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 story from the Kyrie game, you overlay it over Limit Cut, and there there's your story. So instead of uh, you playing rhythm games to continue the plot, you're beating data organization members. Okay, whatever. Like that's you know it's story context look clearly the story context doesn't really relate all that much to the plot so it doesn't really matter but that's just kind of how i feel is because this just feels like another kingdom hearts remind episode that's what it feels like to me but that's you know this is only going based off of what they showed and they didn't they so far haven't shown much it was just a teaser i get that you know, there's probably going to be, it's probably going to appear at some other event or they'll release the trailer on their own at some point. I'm sure There's still, the summer's not over, so they could even release something before the end of the summer again, but at least going off of what I've seen, that's my feelings. And I want to be proven wrong on this, but, and hopefully I will be. So we'll have to see. Churro, are, are, are you thinking 30, 40? You said 50 maybe? Uh, I, I'm going to say 30 to 40. But like, there's just like a tiny little part of me that says it's going to be 59.99. Yeah. Oh, I got it, Churro. What's up? Base, the base version, 30 bucks. 50 bucks. Physical edition, you get the soundtrack for Kingdom Hearts 3. Ooh, I like that. Digital or physical? Physical. Uh, maybe both, to be honest. But I'm going to say th- th- that that to me seems that, physical. That, that, would be, that would be a very good... Um, God, what's that word? It's an, in- uh, it's an incentive. It's an incentive it's to an buy incentive. it. For people to buy it, not just fans, but like people who. Because if you think you know, about it, that's the same technique that they used for Remind. That's how they got yeah. people to spend forty bucks on Remind because they get they get the and it, concert. And it's, a, it's a perfect connection too, because Melody yeah. Memory is about the music. It's about so the music. Might, might as well throw an extra bone and give the soundtrack to it. Yeah. So that's that's my guess. I don't know anything. It's just a guess, but that's my guess. So, yeah, that, uh, at the very least, very interesting that we got the rating so far. Uh, it's, you know, like I said, makes me think that it's coming out sooner than we think. So now, uh, uh, oh, just real quick, I uh, wanted to at least touch base on this. because we, We'd mentioned this uh, before, but uh, The World Ends With You anime has been confirmed and uh, there was a trailer shown. Looks pretty nice. It, it was really nice. I uh, I recently completed the World with You again on stream because yeah. I played the I played the you know original on the DS. And oh I yeah, never touched it until I got it for the Switch version. Oh yeah, yeah. It's really fun. If you guys haven't played it, do it, please. It's is the Switch very... is the Switch version like I I heard a lot of bad things about the Switch version it's, when it first came um, out. Only if you're doing um like uh what's it called the if you're doing the uh, the dock. It's, oh. It plays pretty well if you do a handheld, because you can actually okay. you know use your fingers to touch the screen. But if you're doing the dock, you have to use like the cursor. The, uh, 
the cursor to, to point in. Sometimes, like, your arm's going to be really tired. Like, oh, okay. Arm, like, I, there's sometimes during my stream where I had to, like, pause the action in the middle of a fight and just let my arm rest. Yeah, yeah. So it, it really depends. Like, if okay. you're really, I mean, I was able to complete it, the game like that, so... It's not as it's not as bad as people make it to be. Just be prepared to be like for like specific attack um, to not really work as well with that. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, the anime was announced. Uh, uh, Tetsuya Nomura, I believe, is listed as a producer on this, and uh, yeah, uh, Take, Takeharu Ishimoto is doing the soundtrack, just like the original uh, game was. So should it looks and sounds just like it seems like it should it honestly it kind of reminds me of the the persona anime a little bit yeah, it, I, I mean I, just just like in general world ends with you reminds me of persona so i guess it, it does but hopefully they do it a lot they give the anime a lot better justice than the persona 5 anime yeah yeah five. yeah persona 5 anime was terrible yeah yeah I, i'm hoping this is better um the fact that Tetsuya Nomura is involved makes me uh, excited for it. Cause I just hope they don't rush anything because one of the yeah. one of the nice things about the ones with you is like the development of the characters. Yep, and the music, the yeah. music uh, that that soundtrack slaps yeah. so hard. It really does. And I, I, and I like the fact that that uh, Ishimoto said that they're gonna re- not redo the music but do new music because it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that you know. So I'm excited for this. Um, you know, ever since they put, you know, fans have been wanting a, a true sequel. Yeah. You know, they, you know, even though this is not a sequel, hopefully it'll lead something to a sequel. Oh, yeah, hopefully. That's what I, they're all they're all wondering. Yeah, this is this is like, <laughs> I mean, we say this every time, but like, this is the world ends with you's the last chance again. Uh, again, you know, they with, keep with trying. The, it's it's like you had the original, then you had the uh, solo remix, and then final remix, which had that extra week that tinted at something, which then never. You really got Dream Drop Distance, no, nothing. Then Dream Drop Distance, and now you have the anime, and then now they made you know bring our figures now. Yep. So now it's like enough for the teasing. Let's let's do this. Yeah, should have been made like should have made like eight years ago. I think the uh, now let me ask you, Churro. You know, since you've played the the world ends with you, could you know world ends with you? It comes from an older era, you know, an era of you know two D DS games. Do you think a future uh, title in the series? Do you think you would you would want it to be another two D game, or do you think a three D game would work at all? I think it's just stick with stick with what it was known for. Yeah, and, and I mean the Switch version, like you said, and the iPad version worked all you know pretty good for what as a two D. Yeah. So just keep it as it is. You know, like okay. remember how um, let's say for example, uh, Marvel's Capcom, yeah. Marvel's Capcom two, and Ultimate vs. Marvel Capcom three, they did that two D art style. Yep. And then with Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, they went with that three D art style. Yeah. And that was and. It was terrible. So sometimes, as the saying goes, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, for you know, it worked. That two D art style worked really well. You know, they could easily you know make it look more better. Like not everything has to go full three D. Yeah, you know? that's true. I, I was just thinking, like, 
you know, at least in the case of World Ends With You, they've been done in 3D and they look good. It was in Dream Drop Distance. They look great there. So, but I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking about how the gameplay is. If it actually was, if the gameplay was changed to be like a third person perspective, it kind of seems like it would just end up being more like how Kingdom Hearts is. Like not too different. Uh, it depends. Like, depends how they would make the pins work and all that. Yeah. Because, I mean, because it could t- definitely be... It could still work in a 3D setting, but it just it has to be, like, really balanced out now. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, uh, World Ends With You anime it's coming out next year, I believe. So, yeah, check yeah. that out. Uh, and then, yeah, I guess just real quick, I wanted to have a quick discussion about the Dark Road story... This is going to be more of a spoiler discussion. We we went into detail uh, quite a bit about the opening parts last time. But yeah, basically. Uh, so yeah, Xehanort starts on Destiny Islands, uh, you know, cloaked, uh, uh, brown cloaked Ansem shows up and is like, hey, do you want to see other worlds? Here's this cool portal. Want to come through? He ends up. Uh, showing up in Scala Udkylum unconscious, very similar to how uh, uh, Terranort appeared in Radiant Garden. And uh, yeah, basically that he Xehanort uh, was taken in and made an apprentice Keyblade wielder, you know, with all the other kids there at Scala Udkylum. And uh, yeah, and we get to see uh you know not necessarily their normal life but a little bit of their normal life uh you know going to class and waiting on the teacher and then turns out that uh or waiting on their master and turns out that uh their upperclassmen the 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 year above them all of the keyblade wielders from that year all disappeared and because of that Odin, the master of these uh, Keyblade wielders, has decided to, like, all right, uh, I wouldn't otherwise allow you to go traveling to other worlds like this, but, you know, kind of left with no choice at this point. They're all gone, so we need to go find them. So that's kind of the setting for for this, uh, you know, particular journey. And we talked about this last time. But, yeah, basically you keep playing through all these different adventures and uh you know uh, eventually you end up uh making it back to scala Udkylum, not having found really anything and uh yeah i guess i want to talk about churro the the last (laughs) cutscene. so uh yeah there's this four-year time skip it's just random four-year time skip cut to this massive graveyard where there's actually not a keyblade graveyard but i'm assuming probably a keyblade wielder graveyard where it's an actual graveyard with headstones and uh here are four gravestones f- with four you know sets of, of flowers placed there xehanort on his knees and uh ericus uh not far behind and yeah, kind of hinting at the the fact that, or you know, hinting very strongly that the, these four characters that are with you just uh, bite it at some point. So uh, yeah, Churro, how how does that make you feel? You know, th- this whole opening to this game, 
It's like I'm like it's about to go down, right? But like, but but it went. It was really weird time skip though. It's like here you are learning about these characters, and you know they all have their own you know unique personalities, and yeah, you know, it turns out that Ericus is a, a class clown. Yep. You know, and you know, and everybody else, and Zaynor's the serious one, and then, uh, and then it's like, okay, these guys are going out trying to look for these missing uh, older students, mm-hmm. and then fast forward four years later, there's, there's four gravestones, and yeah, basically saying it's not your fault, and basically we got to get ready for the Markham Master exam tomorrow. So yeah, and it's like, then it's like it ends. It's like, wow, like it's crazy. It's it's it's, it's, it's like that one meme with the Avatar, the Last Airbender, where it's yeah. Like, Where's the Shozuku with the scroll? He's like, wait, where's the rest of it? Like, did I miss something? <laughs> yeah. So, I, I think it's kind of interesting because you know all pre, uh, you know, at the end of the day, all prequels have a big problem. You know, the fact that they're prequels means that you know how it's going to end, and I kind of like how this story is actually doubling down on the fact that we already know stuff and. It's doubling down on it is in that it's also telling us stuff that we don't know yet that is from, you know, related to this story that's in the future that kind of like, you know, it's even it's giving us even more information before we're supposed to have it. Now, I don't personally think that it's going to continue from that four year time skip. I think that four year time skip is just a teaser as to what's going to come. Do you think it'll be one of the things where it goes back and forth, where it's like, well, yeah, you know, it goes goes back to the present time, and then it'll jump forward again, and then go back to kind of like, kind of like a Memento, the movie, yeah, where you know it keeps going back and forth between different different points. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. I think this, I think this is just a teaser to wet our whistle on the fact that you know, because we were talking about it the last episode, like you know, there's no way this is gonna end up well for those four characters and clearly uh even the game is like not just hinting at it but basically just confirming yeah they die these characters that you're with are gonna die this is a story about how xehanort turns evil here's most of his friends already dead you know when he's still young so (laughs) it's like it really paints a picture as to how he could possibly go down you know, this dark road. So I think it's really interesting. You know, I, I feel like it's more honest about the fact that we already know a lot anyway. So why not, why not tell us already what happens to them? But here, but here's the real question. Um, how long will it, will we have to wait for the next part? It's a, that's a good question. Uh, I think another, uh, interesting point is the fact that, um, so, this episode, this is actually uh, the first time that they're really doubling down on this concept of a of an episodic thing. So this is episode one. So it kind of makes me think that these, I don't know, the fact that they're calling it episode one makes it feel a lot more finite than, you know, a, a like union crosses where it's just like mission after mission after mission after mission it just feels like union cross is going on forever but with this the fact that they've got an episode number on it it almost feels like there will there is actually an ending in mind i mean we know what the ending is we know where he ends up but it feels like they have a specific perhaps number of episodes that they have planned 
I don't know how many that might be, but yeah, to answer your question, Churro, when do I think the next one's going to be? I'm pretty sure we'll get at least one more before the end of the year, if not a few more. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they're not too far away, but, you know, that, that'll, that'll you know, that'll be a wait and see on, on that. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe around the time Melody of Memory releases, maybe we'll get something around then, but... Yeah, hard to say. I mean, we, there is there isn't really much of a precedent other than uh, Union Cross, and unfortunately, that has always been really slow. So yeah. ho- hopefully, this one's a bit faster. But uh, yeah, hard to say. Yeah, uh, Churro. Uh, uh, I mean, we can't really guess on how long this is going to be because we have no idea. But how long, you know, if this, you know, you know, continues on with this episodic style, how many episodes would you want for this? Ideally, you know, assuming that, you know, we we played episode one, let's assume that, you know, next episode is about the same length. How many of these episodes would you like to have? Hopefully not a lot, because that means more filler. (laughs) Exactly. So true. I can't give a number because it's like it's hard to tell with these type of mobile type games. Yeah, if I had to say, um, and yeah, uh, actually commenting towards uh, that whole idea of filler, I actually like, and I hint, I, 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 we talked about it a little bit last episode, but I like the way this game seems to be handling filler. I want the episodic content. I want the actual cutscenes to actually be meaty stuff, really important stuff, and at least with this other content, you know, that is the filler content, it is just pure, raw filler. No ifs, ands, or buts. It's just filler. It's very simple. It's not like how it is in Union Cross where you have all these, like, dumb cutscenes that mean nothing talking to Aladdin and then, like, oh, now we gotta run to this side of Agrabah and now we gotta run to that side of Agrabah. Like, it's not like that. There, There hasn't really been many scenes in this that have that have that feeling this is more like okay it's either you're doing story or you're doing filler and filler has no story see i i i personally prefer that because at least at that point that means that i can always ignore the filler parts yeah you know it makes it simpler so uh yeah so but anyway if i had to put a number on it my number is, I want 13 episodes. Bum, bum, bum. I'm going to laugh if they actually do that. Yeah. I mean, it's got significance for the Kingdom Hearts series and for Xehanort. And on top of that, usually, I mean, it's usually the case that uh, a season is usually about 13 episodes. You know, yeah. To, you know, because basically... Uh, you know, if you're talking about a weekly TV show, not that this is weekly, but if you talk about a weekly TV show, a season, you know, it, you know, if we're talking about a season uh, of a year, you know, if a year has a, approximately 52 weeks, you know, you divide that in half, that's 26. So that, and then you divide that in half again, uh, you got, you got uh, 13. So 13 episodes is typical for a season. So. I actually wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, if they're taking this episode idea, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a season one, season two, season three, who knows. 
this could go on forever, Churro, in reality. Who knows? Uh, pr- I hope not. I hope not, something, too. Sometimes things need to come to an end. Right? That's. I would rather things come to an end than just go on forever and, uh, r- you know, until it's bad. I mean, end it while it's still good. I just good. don't want it to go on. I mean, like I said, Naruto had to end, but I don't want to make it to be like a One Piece. Yeah, I gotta say this is completely unrelated, but high praise to Shonen Jump. You know, the man, the magazine that contained Naruto, Dragon Ball, One Piece, for allowing Kimetsu no Yaiba, a Demon Slayer, for you guys in the West in English, allowing Demon Slayer to end. That manga's already over, and that's the biggest manga out. They allowed Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, the biggest thing out there, biggest thing out here right now, they allowed it to end, even while it's still super popular. That I respect so much. Allowing I mean, they didn't some, allow Dragon Ball. They didn't yeah. allow for Dragon Ball, and they allowed Dragon Ball to ruin itself. Same thing for One Piece, same thing for Death Note, same for uh, Bleach. Bleach, exactly. Like it always happens. And you can argue that maybe that's, I, you know, kind of what King of Hearts that, goes through sometimes. And I think that's the reason why they let Demon Slayer end to end, because they don't want it to end. They have it ruin itself like they did. Yes, exactly. Like, let it end while it's still good. End, you know, end while you still have a fan base, basically. So, yeah, anyway, moving on to the uh, question segment. Our first question comes from Yukino, and they ask, Do you believe in the, do you believe the Master of Masters identity will be an original character or an already established scene character? And do you believe Master of Masters is just older, do you believe in the Master of Masters is just older Sora time traveler theory? I really hope it's not an older sword trying to time traveler theory. I just want it to be an original character. Right. I don't want it to be an established character because Namarver has already pulled that trick already. It'll be that type of trick will lose its charm if he does it again. Yeah. So, like, I just want it to be an original character so that, you know, like I said, I just don't want it to be. Um, a trick that he pulls more than yeah. once. It's just let just let it be an original character, like like any you know sane person will allow it to be. Yeah. And the older sword time traveler thing, you know, it's been done in certain aspects, like in the game Infamous. Yep. That happened there. Just no. Just let it be an original character, please. So because it, it really established the mysteriousness of this character. So let it yeah. be an original character. Now, I I think there is a possibility that there could be a blend of these two concepts of the or not not the time traveler sort of thing, but is it going to be an original character or is it going to be an established already seen character? I think it's possible that it may be an original character, but maybe the first time that we're introduced to this original character or maybe we've already seen them They'll be introduced as somebody else, and we just don't know yet that they are the Master of Masters or they become the Master of Masters. But, they, you know, they haven't existed in the series prior, but they inevitably at some point will become Master of Masters. Kind of like how, uh, you know, 
Zigbar, new character in Kingdom Hearts 2, eventually being revealed as Lushu. You know, that that yeah, sort did, of a thing. Did he got that theories of Luxor being uh, Yazora's driver because yeah. of the accents? So there's uh, there's a lot of possibilities. Uh, uh, one thing that I will mention, though, towards the Sora Time Traveler thing, I mean, it is interesting that uh, in terms of the, uh, you know, the requirements for time travel, Sora, I guess he technically meets them, right? He's lost his well, heart before. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, the Master of Masters stated that he's seen multiple Keyblade Wars, you know? Yeah. And here, you know, it's, it's it's like, how many times can somebody try to summon a Keyblade War? Yeah. You know, and we all know that um, the Master Masters, you know, wanted a Keyblade War to happen. Yeah. During the time of the Foretellers. But then, you know, that happened. But then, you know, now they wanted to do another one by passing down the Keyblade from, you know, Lushu to Master Xehanort. And then, you know, Lushu, re- you know, recovering the Keyblade again. So it's mm-hmm. like... It's like that plan's already done. It's like what else is there to do with that plan? Yeah, it's uh hard to say. Hopefully, <laughs> what am I kidding? This is never going to get cleared up. <laughs> it, it, God, it's just it never cracking ends. my brain. Right. All right, so sure, if you could take this next question. This is from Youngster Tabby, and they write, Do you think there ever be an iOS Android release of the console gauge games? Uh, it's possible, I guess, but I, I personally don't think so, just because I feel like it's so much of an action game. I know that now Bluetooth controllers for mobile phones are becoming more prevalent, but I just don't personally see that as being like people's go-to way for playing those ga- games. Uh, but from a technical standpoint it's absolutely possible absolutely possible for kingdom hearts to run you know for the longest time we've had the grand theft auto games uh ported to ios and you know they're roughly the same generation as the older kingdom hearts games you've got way bigger games running on uh ios unreal runs on ios you know look at uh look at fortnite on uh on iOS and Android, it, it, the, those that runs amazing, and that's a full-blooded Unreal Engine four game. Unreal Engine five also uh, going to support mobile, so it's definitely uh, definitely a possibility. I just like you know hard, hard to say. Um, do I think it will happen? my current feeling is no but in terms of is it possible yes absolutely definitely possible uh so yeah and then moving on to this last question this one comes from lin huang and they ask over the years kingdom hearts has gone through so many changes and the community has evolved a lot along the way too in your opinion what was the best time to be a kingdom hearts fan so far as someone who's been with the community since the very beginning, mm-hmm. I've seen the community change from a tiny little, you know, tiny little forums here and there, yep, you know, to small fan sites, to theory fan sites, to the rise of fan sites, to the rise of social media, to the rise of Square Enix getting involved with their own social media, yeah, to YouTube, to Twitch, and you know, it's 
been an amazing to watch all this happen. Yeah. If I had to choose a specific time period, I would have to say, I want to say between the years of 2006 to 2000 and probably 12 or Mm -hmm. or actually say 13. Okay. And the reason why is 2006, we all know is the release of Kingdom Hearts 2 for, you know, global. Yeah. You know, North America and Europe. So that was usually everybody, like, I would say, I don't want to say 100% of the time, but I would say, like, a big majority of people, the first Kingdom Hearts game was Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah. But then if you look at the games that were released after, 358 over two days, um, Breath by Sleep and Recoded, there's there are people who have said those games are also their first Kingdom Hearts games. So I think majority of the of the people coming into this community was around those time frames with you know the reason why I ended at 2013 was because of Kingdom Hearts 3's release, mm-hmm. you know, announcement, not release but announcement. So that's what draw everybody who was waiting for so long back in. So that was kind of like the period where everybody was, you know, just starting to you know, be on their own. People establishing their identities through fan sites, through you know, through social media, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Facebook, you know, and basically that one was when you know everybody started coming alive with cosplay. Yeah. So I think that time period from two thousand six, two thousand thirteen, was the best time to be a Kingdom Hearts fan because if you look at previously from two thousand two to two thousand and you know five, were the Japanese. Kingdom Hearts 2, for, you know, was released. There was a lot of people there wondering if we were ever going to get a release. And with the waited, you know, time between the release of Kingdom Hearts to the announcement of Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories and Kingdom Hearts 2, you know, a lot of people started dropping out because a lot of people, you know, moved on or they grew older. You know, it's that that period was like the lost period, you know, mm-hmm. for a lot of Kingdom Hearts fans that came in later. So really, the one you know that time period, like I said, was just the mo- the moment where everybody was started coming in, and then the Kingdom Hearts three release post twenty thirteen to twenty nineteen, you know, is where it became like at you know at its, its highest peak it's been. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I definitely agree that that time period is really special for me too. Um, I guess like. For me personally, I really liked some very specific times that are like elements of different, I guess, eras. Like I really liked, you know, just the whole like year probably of like 2005 for being a Kingdom Hearts fan. You know, that that was the time of like leading up to Kingdom Hearts 2. Lots of news all the time, constant stuff coming around always you know it was always an adventure of like we would get the news you know straight from japan we'd have to work with the translators get them going you know try to find the next big scoop like that for me working for a fan site at that time was so much fun and i mean uh, considering that you and i worked with each other yeah that same time period too yeah and now i'm not gonna say this is like the way i think things should be like it was tough having to go to all the japanese sites and you know getting the translations done because i didn't i didn't understand japanese at the time and you know i was trying to you know negotiate with uh translator you know at least for us at uh 
KH Ultimania, our main tr- translator, lived in France. Uh, so he, it was hard to get a hold of him sometimes. And, you know, so I was, I was mostly just, you know, working on my own, trying to do my best. And, uh, yeah, it, it was tough, but it was fun. I don't know. At least for me, it was fun. So that time was great. I really loved, uh, you know, speaking towards the time period, you know, you were referring to like the you know, that time in like 2011, 2012, you know, that's when I started, you know, working for this podcast and that was, that was a lot of fun. And obviously 2013 was amazing. What a great high to experience of, you know, Kingdom Hearts finally getting announced after all these years, you know, and, and not just, you know, the announcement of Kingdom Hearts is so significant because it's like the first time since the release that kingdom hearts has really taken a big step forward in terms of production values like it's it really stepped up and you know even though we've had so many sequels over the years and we did have at least one numbered title at that point they've all been roughly the same level of production and they basically just skipped a generation and to to see that happen it was so amazing and uh, at least for me and not just from yeah. a production standpoint, but also from a um, marketing standpoint, yeah. too. Marketing as you well. Know, remember, remember the Kingdom Hearts was largely ignored by Disney. Yep. You know, for, absolutely. You know, with some tidbits here and there. You know, especially with you know, you had those interviews with the cast members for Kingdom Hearts two. That you had those weird little Disney segments with the original Kingdom Hearts. But now you look at it, you know, forefront, you had, you know, Nintendo getting involved with Dream Dot Distance launch event. You had the 1.5 launch event, the 2.5 launch event, uh, the, you know, then you have the Kingdom Hearts 3 premiere event. You have the Disney Springs, you know, opening up, you know, a section at Disney uh, Disney Springs right before Kingdom Hearts 3 release. And you mm-hmm. had the cute little trailers that played, you know, it, it's, you know, it's, it's like you said, it's evolved. Yeah. You know, for now. Yeah, it's definitely like I definitely I I appreciate the modern era of, you know, the current era of Kingdom Hearts and and how it is, you know, the experience of being a fan. No longer do we have to like hear through the grapevine through a Famitsu article from Japan that we have to wait for the release of the magazine and then finally have somebody translate it and then release it on their fan site. We don't have to wait for that anymore. Like we can get the news directly from Square. You know, that you know, I love dir- that. directly from Nomura. I'm directly from Nomura even. So I definitely appreciate that we have that you know these days. You know, but I do also uh, I did personally, even though I'm not saying it was the best of times, it was just a fun time back in the days when we had to like really scrounge for the news. It was just fun doing it. That, um, that was God. I remember the late nights. Yeah, you know, always just been, yeah because of time TGS differences. Week. Yep, T- TGS was crazy. You know, just and then you remember the the Korean website, uh, Really Web. Yep, yep. You know, a lot of the recordings will show up there. And the Koreans like, don't care. They can't read the Japanese signs. So let's let's pull out our handy cams. And, and, it's, and it's interesting because, like, after you make the post, like, sometimes before the the trailers will go, they would have a post describing the trailer. Yeah. And then you have to get somebody to translate Korean. Yeah. And then the, then the trailer would come out, like, all handy cam recording yeah. for it. 
Man, I remember one day I was staying up with one of our translators that he wasn't like our main translator. He was just a guy that happened to know a little bit of Japanese. And we were just like looking at this uh, name because somebody found the name for the next drive form for Kingdom Hearts 2. And I'm and we're just like trying to bang our heads looking at that name, trying to figure out what it's supposed to be in English. And it was like, Uizudamu, Uizudamu, Uizudamu. What does that mean? What is that? And then just like, we kept going back and forth. Is it this? this ah. And then he he finally comes up. Oh, it's wisdom. It's wisdom form. It's like, oh, why does it start with ooh? That was when I found out that Japanese doesn't have a wuh sound. You know, they don't have a W sound. It's Anytime they want to make a W sound, it starts with the ooh sound. So it's. It was wisdom, wisdom, not uizudamu. Like I was reading it like an idiot because I, I, I never really studied Japanese at all. So man, that was so fun. I will also say probably, and this is, I, I mean, this year was good, but less the year and more just the event. I would say probably my peak, my number one time, or, or the the best time that I've ever had. Being a Kingdom Hearts fan, hands down, definitely E3 2015, no question. That was that was definitely a highlight of my Kingdom Hearts fan uh, site and fan career period ever, number one, no question. Probably second to that would be uh, meeting and interviewing Yokoshima Mora back in uh, 2006, but yeah, E3 2015, that, that, that stuff <laughs> was an adventure. No question. It, it was an adventure from screaming and yelling in the middle of yep. the freaking uh, waiting in line to get into the building. Yeah. You know, watching the, tr- the the press conference on, on my on a tablet. Yeah. See, because that was know. that was a very special time at E3 that, you know, yeah, E3 was starting to open up more, but it was still in that transition period where it was just closed off enough that we were able, even as, you know, us, just regular old fan side people, we were able to make things happen. We were able to get interviews. We got to interview Tetsuya Nomura. We got to hang out and talk quite a bit with Tayasue. Like, it was such a an amazing experience. And it's just, it comes, it came from a very unique time in E3's history. And I don't think it will ever be like that again. I, I just can't imagine yeah. that. And you got to remember, it was that E3 that set you on this path to where you are exactly. right now. Exactly. And yeah, you know, uh, that E3, you know, I, I've, I've said it in the past, but that E3 was absolutely a big life changing turning point for me. And, you know, E3 2016, also very good. I got to say E3 2016 was very good. But uh, yeah, definitely E3 2015, huge point as a kingdom hearts fan as just you know a you know a very important part in my life you know and yeah basically stuff that happened at e3 2015 i am still affected by it every single day that you know even to this day you know so crazy i can't i can't believe you know, it's that de- it's definitely you know sometimes churro. It's you know being at the right place at the right time, taking opportunities when you see it, and uh, yeah, 
So, oh yeah, I'm very familiar with that. <laughs> yeah, E3. It, I, I will say though, just as a whole, 2015 was pretty good too. Like we got, a, we did get quite a few announcements for Kingdom Hearts. They had that uh, the D23 where they revealed, uh, you know, Big Hero Six. So that part was cool. Like it wasn't like the hugest year for news, but it was still a really good year. And it was the first year that. W- you know that we really got to see kingdom hearts running in unreal like that's when they that's when they re-revealed kingdom hearts 3 and it you know that really kicked off their press coverage of kingdom hearts so uh you, you know you can think of 2013 as yeah that was when kingdom hearts 3 was announced but i kind of feel like if square enix wasn't in the state that they were back in 2013 where they needed to announce some hype stuff to get people to like them again. I feel like if that wasn't the case, I think they would have announced kingdom hearts three in 2015. That's my guess. Cause at that point it felt more like it was ready to be announced. Cause it, it already at least started to look more like what it would end up becoming. Yeah. So. Because you had the whole change of uh, engine too. Yeah. Which they, they couldn't have predicted that, which I get that, but yeah, uh, you know, at least now looking back, I definitely feel like 2015 that was almost like the real announcement of of Kingdom Hearts three. So yeah, what a legendary event. So I, I wouldn't say that's like the best time to be a Kingdom Hearts fan, as in like a general fan. You know, there was great stuff then, but I wouldn't say it's the greatest. I would just say personally for me, what an amazing time and what a, a, an amazing event. So. Yeah, so I think that pretty much covers our question segment. Moving on to the music for this episode, we have a cover of Waltz of the Damned. Bum, bum, bum. Did you just say a cuss again? Boy, you get over here. I'm going to crack you with this belt. Well, that girl's our, our uh, money for this episode. Yeah, there you go. But uh, yeah, so I, I I thought you know considered uh, e- the ESRB mentioned this song. That why was nice, why why not have a why not have a cover of it for the episode? Uh, this cover comes from Roxanne Janot, which you can you can find her on uh, YouTube. This comes from uh, I think I think it's yeah she's got an album out called Kingdom Dances where she does like a bunch of uh, like violin covers of you know songs from anime games and stuff like that uh it's really great definitely check her out on youtube roxanne Jeannot. and our next so our next episode of kingdom hearts union is scheduled for the 28th of july but we will be live streaming it earlier than that that you know it's coming out on itunes the 28th of july but if you guys want to be there for the live stream, the actual live version of this, uh, definitely show up. Episode 200 live stream, July 24th, 8 p.m. Eastern, Twitch TV slash Union. We will be advertising this on our Twitter at Union. So definitely be there or be Square Enix. Well, Square Enix, if you want to show up for the 200th episode, you can show up too. You know. Yeah, it, it's a invite for you guys. It, it, yeah, so you, you you can come too. So it, it's fine. It's just a tagline. Don't have to take it if, seriously. If, if you want to invite to the Discord, uh, let us know. Yeah, we'll if, you wanna, if you want to be on the Discord. 
So, uh, yeah, uh, definitely be excited for that. And as always, if you guys like the show, please consider subscribing to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts and we're number one. Yeah. And, of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com or Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at Cage Union. And remember, you can support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. And if you have any questions for the show, please send them to KHUQuestions at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, I guess uh, if you show up for our live stream, you can ask them in the chat and we can answer them live. There that, you go. That, that would be pretty cool. All right, Churro, it is that time again. It is goodbye time. We finished. We made it. 199. 199. Just. In the books. We just have to do 200, and then we've done 200 episodes. Well, we yeah, Kingdom Hearts Union will have made it to 200. You just, you just need to survive long enough to make it to episode 220, and then I need to survive long enough to get to 228, and then we will both have done 200 episodes. Yes. God, I can't imagine. Like, God. It's still, like, <laughs> it's so funny how it comes from, like, a time where, like, I remember, like, where they at, where Kingdom Hearts Union approached Kingdom Hearts Ultimedia, where I was working at the time, and they're like, hey, we want to do a collab. Uh, to, who do you want to send over to help us do yeah. this? Yeah. It was like, Chiro. Like, <laughs> I was like, okay, this is coming from a guy who wanted to do his own podcast, but did not know how to, how it to set one up and yeah. then, you know they just opened the door to a lot of things so it's amazing to be a part of this podcast you know i can't thank lauren and daryl enough for yeah. getting me on here absolutely all right Cheryl, let's say your goodbyes all right bye guys uh we'll see you in two weeks for our magical 200th episode and we'll catch you on twitch i'm Cheryl signing off and i'm brandon saying goodbye this has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production. Mm-hmm.